Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hi, this is Matt. I'll be your host. And this is Allie. I'm your co-host. I'm Rizlina, and I'll be tuning in on special features. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy Podcast. Joining you today is myself and... Allie's here today, too. Awesome. As always. Thanks for tuning in. So uh, we got a ton of great feedback on our knee replacement episode, and we wanted to address another diagnosis or surgery that we often see, and that's shoulder replacement. So... We thought we'd just go into a little bit of background about what, about what might lead to uh, having a shoulder replacement. And then we have a local expert that's joining us uh, via an interview and share some surgical tips and techniques and things like that to prepare you. So many of our patients come in with, with shoulder pain, just like knee pain. Um, so the question is, at what point do you uh, cross the threshold from you know having a working shoulder joint to then needing a replaced shoulder joint? So... A lot of patients ask that question, you know, maybe they had a rotator cuff repair earlier in life or have been told to have some arthritis in their shoulder. And first and foremost, and, and later when we do this interview, you'll hear Dr. Grywe echo these sentiments. Um, I would tell you, since you do have direct access to physical therapy, <laughs> there it is, guys. Uh, come in and let us take a look at your shoulder because oftentimes um, some conservative care or some things to improve range of motion can do a lot to take away pain in your shoulder. So just because you've been told that you have arthritis in your shoulder doesn't mean that you need a shoulder replacement. So let's be real clear about that. Um, But first and foremost, I would say, let's make sure we keep your range of motion. Um, You'll hear how important that is later on recovery and on how your outcome is after surgery. Just like we talked about knee replacement, Let's say you have shoulder replacement surgery scheduled maybe for, you know, a month or two down the road. Uh, It still may be worth visiting and doing some what we call prehab. So that's just rehab before your surgery in order to get ready. And the the better you go into surgery, the more flexible and the more strong you are, the better you're going to come out of surgery. So um, that would be a good starting point. But let's say that you know that you're having shoulder replacement. You've been given the diagnosis that you need to have that surgery done. And, uh, you know, maybe it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. And just kind of want to go over, like we did with the knee replacement, just a few tips and tricks about things to kind of get ready for. So a couple expectations you can probably expect is you'll be in a sling after surgery. So the sling will probably be not just what you might be used to seeing a sling, but like an extra big bump or pillow between your body and the sling. So the difference there, I would say, I remember in grade school, like a child hurt their shoulder and they just had a little sling with their arm just hanging there. This one's going to be different. Like it's a whole propped up thing. This thing was just worked on. It's kind of got a little guard around it. Yep. Yep. Probably a waist strap in order to that takes some pressure off. So it kind of lets your joint relax a little bit while it's healed. Um, Depending on the, you know, type of surgery that you had and depending on, you know, your individual tissue, meaning like how strong your bones are and how strong your rotator cuff is, that might dictate <clears throat> how long you wear the sling. So it could be anywhere from, you know, a week, anywhere to six weeks. So 
Uh, it varies, but you'll probably in some fashion have some sort of sling or support on your arm. So just thinking through, uh, you know, like daily tasks and things around the house to kind of prepare yourself. Um, you know, obviously, if, if you're by yourself, you're probably going to need some help for a number of weeks. Um, you know, just especially with things like uh, heavy lifting or things that you might have to do. With both hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you, you know, have to regularly get like a 50-pound bag of dog food from the grocery, um, you not know, an plan ahead. Not <laughs> yeah. an option right after shoulder replacement surgery. So They can, they can deliver those kind of things now. <laughs> exactly. Getting it off your front porch still might be an issue. But. There you go. So you need to enlist some help, family or friends, to kind of prepare for that. So no heavy lifting right afterwards. Uh, depending on which arm it is, obviously driving might be impaired. Um, you know, if it's left arm versus right arm and, and how comfortable you are and how safe you are driving. So that's obviously a consideration too. Yeah, when people are in kind of like that habit, they don't realize what they can't do when they're already in the sling. Right. And I think what you're saying is to think of those things yeah. that you're used to doing with maybe your dominant hand or your non-dominant hand, what you're reaching for might exactly. not be an option anymore. <laughs> Even real simple things, um, you know, like showering and bathing, um, one real uh, simple, easy tip and trick that we like to give not only to shoulder replacement patients, but anyone that's had shoulder surgery, uh, let's say you're trying to wash your underarm or you're trying to maybe put on a shirt. Instead of trying to raise your arm to do that, just simply lean over and then let gravity take your arm away from your body. So if you were in the shower, you could lean forward your arm is going to dangle or hang down. You'll be able to wash your underarm if you had to put on deodorant. And same if you're trying to put a shirt on, you could lean forward. Your arm will hang down. You can slide your arm in your shirt sleeve and then up over your head and then read your other arm through the shirt. So some of those simple tasks become very difficult all of a sudden when you have a painful yeah. sore arm. So you're saying like let gravity help you don't engage the muscles or the injured area because that might just put stress on it. Exactly. Yeah. Some just real simple, Science, easy ways guys. to do that. <laughs> so the other thing uh, often that folks struggle with a little bit after surgery is just uh, finding comfortable ways to sleep. So oh gosh. oftentimes it's very, very helpful to have a recliner to sleep in. So the first few nights anyway to try to sleep in a recliner so you're not laying down flat. Um, if you are going to lay flat, a couple extra pillows handy. Put one behind your shoulder blade and put one under your arm. So when you lie back, you've got that extra support. Um, I would advise kind of preparing for after surgery. Some physicians and some um, patients, depending on insurance and a lot of other factors, may get ice machines and whatnot, but at least having some way to ice your shoulder afterwards, uh, ice will really help calm down the inflammation and kind of temporarily make it feel better after surgery. But rather quickly, um, you know, typically in one to two days, you're going to start physical therapy. And so the things we're going to be working on are kind of in phases. Um, you'll hear in a few moments in the interview that we're going to do, there are some new advances coming to shoulder replacement that are really speeding up recovery and rehab because we're having to cut less muscles. We're not having to cut the rotator cuff uh, in some instances. So if you're a candidate for that kind of surgery, rehab may go quicker but at any rate, there's probably going to be three main phases. You're going to have like a passive phase, an active phase, and then a strengthening phase. And just depending on what you had done with your shoulder, that could each of those phases could last anywhere from three to four weeks. So we typically say when we start with a shoulder replacement patient, um, you may be in therapy for up to three months. Full recovery is about a year before it's 100%, but that 
that three-month process is probably going to get you pretty far along. You're going to be in the 80 90% range by, by the end of that time frame unless there's any you know, complications or uh, unique difficulties with your particular surgery. That's a lot of great information. So let's get Dr. Mike Grywe on the phone, and we can talk about shoulder replacement surgery, its advances and techniques, and anything you can expect with that. Hold tight while we get him on the phone. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we have a special guest here. Thank you to Dr. Mike Grywe for joining us on the podcast today. Um, so, um, Dr. Grywe, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your background and uh, your specialized training? That sounds good, Matt, and thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, so I um, I did my residency training um, in orthopedic surgery here in Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati area, and then uh, went to New York uh, for a, uh, a one-year fellowship in shoulder and elbow surgery, and um, I spent that uh, that year there learning uh, different techniques for for shoulder and elbow. So it was a, it was a great year, and uh, and I really enjoyed that. Awesome. And, um, yeah, so for our listeners, uh, Dr. Grywe and I have worked together for a number of years and worked together on some complicated shoulder cases. And um, one of the diagnoses that we work with often is people that have shoulder replacement. Um, so why don't you talk just a little bit, um, Dr. Grywe, there's a couple different types of shoulder replacement, and let's just educate the listeners kind of about what that is. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, so, um yeah, there's really two main types of shoulder replacement. Um, one is uh, total shoulder replacement, and then another one is reverse shoulder replacement. And, you know, total shoulder replacement typically occurs when a patient's, you know, had trouble with arthritis in the shoulder, but the rotator cuff is totally fine. So as long as that rotator cuff is good, then you can go ahead and proceed with a total shoulder replacement. And typically, the outcomes with total shoulder are really um, they're 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 very good. They they tend to even outperform those for reverse shoulder replacement, which we'll get into in just a couple of seconds. So, um, you know, reverse shoulder is done when patients have an injury to the rotator cuff, and in a situation where they have arthritis and then they need a replacement, but they have a rotator cuff tear, that's when we'll do a reverse shoulder replacement. And the outcomes are uh, are still very good with that operation too, um, but it does help the people that have the rotator cuff issues as well. So gotcha. that's, th- those are kind of the two main uh, main shoulder replacements and, and why we do each one. So when you say reverse um, shoulder replacement, I-, I assume you're not doing it like with your hands behind your back or something <laughs> like that fancy. Reverse has to mean something. So can you educate our listeners about what that means? Right, right, and and. Um, you know, I always uh, I always like to to use visuals when I when I show patients these things. So I'll do my best to kind of describe it. Sure. But like a um, you know traditional uh, shoulder replacement, the ball is on the ball side and the socket is on the socket side, right? You place the ball and you replace the socket. Well, with the reverse, we we actually flip that around, and so the ball becomes the socket, and the socket then becomes the ball. So we actually will put a ball on the socket and a socket on the ball, and that's what we um, mean when we talk about reverse. Uh, we actually reverse the socket orientation, and that helps people when they don't have a rotator cuff. Perfect, perfect. That makes great sense. And, um, you know, I know that there's some techniques that you've kind of pioneered, and I, I remember we've rehabbed some patients that had a total shoulder but done in a different way. Um, you know, can you explain a little bit about uh, the different approach that you kind of pioneered? 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's um, something called the posterior shoulder approach. Um, that's the, the shoulder approach that I've been pioneering, and it allows for us to spare the rotator cuff um, when we do a shoulder replacement. And so one of the big differences with the traditional shoulder approach from the front of the shoulder versus the one that I do from the back is that from the front, we actually have to take the rotator cuff um, off the, the front rotator cuff muscle and tendon called the subscapularis. We actually take that off and then we, we repair it. And so obviously like during the recovery, as you know, Matt, um, you know, we're always protecting that, uh, that area from harm. And so we keep people in a sling and we ask them not to push, pull, and reach for a while. Um, but the one from the back, um, which I'm working on, is uh, we basically have, have done the shoulder replacement through a window where we actually don't cut the rotator cuff. We just kind of go in line with the fibers. We move everything out of the way, and then we do the replacement that way. So um, you've been able to see some of my patients on that, and, and so I don't uh, restrict them very much at all. I kind of let them move and, and use their arm uh, quite a bit. And so that's, that's kind of the difference between the, those two surgeries. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, so we have several different, um, you know, uh, listeners out there. So I'll speak just for a minute to our more educated listeners, maybe our therapist or other folks that might be tuning in. And, um, you know, I would compare the posterior uh, total shoulder um, to the advances that have happened with an anterior hip replacement in terms of um, decreased pain and um, decreased restrictions and the patient's tolerance for immediate movement and exercise and just it's really revolutionary. So I just uh, commend you for pioneering that. And, and man, what a difference it makes on a rehab standpoint when we're not having to be so protective uh, in those first few weeks. So, oh, thanks a lot, Matt. I've, I've been, um, you know, anecdotally sort of like seeing that, and we're we're studying that right now, um, you know, with research. But it's just great to hear a therapist, you know, you know, give the same feedback as the patients because. You know, it's really why we, we decided to pioneer uh, this because I knew that, you know, if we could somehow protect the rotator cuff and do the same operation, we were going to be way better off, you know. So it's great to, yeah. it's great to hear that from you. So thank you. Yeah, so um, one, one of the things that we wanted to kind of address today is, is just a few tips or tricks um, that you might have to share for someone that might be getting ready for shoulder replacement, whether it be traditional or reverse or the posterior or anterior approach, but I know a little different education, but if you just kind of talk globally, maybe about expectations and, and anything that patients might find helpful to get ready for surgery. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and whenever I talk to patients that are getting ready for shoulder surgery, I think one of the biggest things that we found is that, you know, maintaining range of motion is probably one of the more important things um, that will, will help you recover uh, after a shoulder replacement. So if if you get really stiff and tight um, before the shoulder operation, it makes it harder for us to be able to get that range of motion back afterwards. Um, there's a lot of good you know evidence to show that whatever motion you have kind of preoperatively, you're not going to have the same motion postoperatively, but you're going to have sort of a commensurate improvement in range of motion based on what you had before surgery. So if you have really good motion before surgery, you're probably going to have really good motion afterwards and even probably better motion than you had. And then the same thing, if you have really poor motion before surgery, you end up having, you know, still limited motion but improved motion after surgery. So I always try to say, you know, try to get as much um, much uh, motion as you can uh, beforehand. So, uh, so that's important. And then I think um, just 
kind of mentally preparing yourself for um, the, the knowledge that you're going to be doing a good amount of physical therapy afterwards. So, uh, and, and that physical therapy can sometimes be challenging. So you want to make sure that you're ready for, you know, a good 10 to 12 weeks of, you know, good physical therapy uh, after surgery. Um, and that mental preparation, I think, is really critical. Uh, I always trying to talk to patients about, kind of the mental uh, preparation of surgery and understanding that it's, it's um, not impossible but certainly a, a challenge and, and everyone's got to be ready for that challenge. Uh, so that mental preparation I think is, is really important too. And then just knowing, um, you know, just knowing what the surgeon, um, you know, is going to be doing, um, you know, is also helpful because uh, the more knowledge you have, I think the better you can prepare. So those would be probably my, my three main main tips. Yeah, I think I think I would echo that too. Um, you know, I think the patients that are, um, you know, uh, under the maybe false assumption that oh, I'm getting my joint replaced, I'll wake up and everything's all better. Um, you know, those patients tend to sometimes struggle a little bit with the realization that you know some hard work is still ahead of them. They're going to have a great outcome, but you know, like you mentioned, it, it's going to be two or three months of really working hard at you know getting that um, you know motion and getting that strength. Um, even though joints can replace those, those muscles and joints have memory, so we want to try to work that too. So I agree with you. So, yeah. Well, uh, any other parting words of wisdom for for our listeners of people that may be you know considering this treatment or surgery or anything you'd like to share? No, I just I, I really appreciate the the uh, chance to sort of discuss this. Um, you know, there aren't a lot of people that are really talking about uh, shoulder replacements and and the need you know for therapy. And so you know, commend you for for doing this, Matt. This is great. And um, I, you know, I think that everybody um, you know that's considering a shoulder uh, replacement or is doing the rehab for a shoulder replacement, uh, you know, knows how how it it is a challenge. And so I guess um, just just focusing on um, making sure that you you just you know do you know you take one day at a time and, and you just try to keep improving uh, day after day and and before you know it four months have passed and you're feeling better you know so yeah it really it's weird but you know it's, it's certain at a certain point you just sort of turn the corner and things just start you know getting better and it's you know it's hard to know when that happens but probably from your experience I mean and uh, and and uh, you, you see what you say but but what I've seen is really around like 10 weeks people just start to finally start to improve you know so I guess um people are always wondering like when am I going to feel better and I don't know what you'd say Matt but I guess that's my time frame I kind of see people really turning a corner yeah I think that's right I agree with you um you know like I said some of those posterior approach folks are feeling better even sooner than that but I think that's a good, uh, you know, initial kind of uh, guesstimate. And um, I always tell patients, you know, the work that you're doing today is not going to make you feel better today. We're working to make you feel better two, three, four, six weeks down the road. So mm -hmm. sometimes that's a little bit hard to grasp, but I think that really, um, you know, just sets their mind in the right mindset that, you know, it's kind of a delayed gratification type of thing that they're working on. And um, one of the things I really appreciate uh, from your perspective and, and clinical pathway of how you care for patients is that often, you know, if they have shoulder pain, uh, you're going to offer conservative treatment, you know, maybe an injection and some physical therapy to improve their range of motion, and, and that might be enough to get them over the hump or, uh, you know, treat some low-level arthritis and stiffness. Um, you know, you're not jumping right to shoulder replacement with everybody you meet, and I really appreciate you know, your guidance of, of patients through that process. So thank you very much for the care you give. 
No, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Matt. Um, yeah, I think that's super important. I mean, I always uh, warn people, you know, you got to be afraid of the surgeon that wants to operate right away. <laughs> you know, right, right. Yeah. Try, try the conservative measures. You definitely won't burn any bridges. Yeah, excellent. Well, thanks. I know you're super busy, and I know you got a lot on your plate. I really appreciate you taking time to share this information. Uh, thanks so much for having me again, Matt. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. All right. Yep, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. That's great information. Thanks a lot, Dr. Gravy, for joining us on the podcast. And I um, hope our listeners uh, take that information and, and can use it. And if you are having, um, you know, shoulder difficulty, um, you know, listening to that, I think, can help give you the right perspective. Um, especially I like what he mentioned about mentally preparing yourself for shoulder right. surgery. Because um, it is kind of a marathon. And you know, it is tough if you can't use an arm. Sometimes, you know, when patients have a leg injury or a leg surgery, you can prop that leg up or you can use some crutches or a walker and, and do a lot of things. But With um, your hands. <laughs> exactly. It's a little harder when, when you have a hand or you an arm involved. Away. So yeah. um, I would say, uh, you know, take the advice of preparing yourself mentally and planning ahead for surgery really helps your outcome. And to that end, uh, remembering that you have a choice in where you do your physical therapy. And, you know, we've worked on some of these new techniques alongside Dr. Grywe and have a lot of uh, advanced training in hands-on techniques and manual therapy uh, that you've heard us talk about on the podcast. And being able to apply that to shoulder recovery really helps with the range of motion and really helps regaining that. So, no matter who does your surgery, um, you know, we chose Dr. Grywe because he's got new techniques and he's, he's an expert, but there's a lot of experts that uh, are in the city and that we do work with. And um, being that we're independent and private, we're perfectly comfortable seeing patients from anyone. So as a patient, when you're investigating your recovery, just remember you have a choice in where you do your physical therapy and going to someone that you trust to help you through this process um, and having a location that's convenient with hours that work and things like that make all the difference when it comes to compliance and if you're going to go and if you're going to do the right. things, you know, because I think that really um, at the heart, a lot of what Dr. Gravy was saying is surgery is so important and the techniques are so important and how the surgery is done. Um, but there's a big part on the patient and there's a big part on the therapist to have that successful outcome. So we really want to look at this as, you know, everybody's got an equal share between the physician, the patient and the therapist and and how this all goes. Yeah, and it is really a stressful process to just like get yourself ready for surgery. Um, why not make it easier on yourself and go somewhere that's, you know, like you said, convenient, local, um, good hours for your work schedule. And that's something that we have to offer at Oxford Physical Therapy. And like Dr. Grywe said, getting in before surgery could only help you and your progression after surgery. Yeah, and a lot of what we've talked about this year on the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, obviously <laughs> COVID has touched everything, and there may be some folks out there, uh, you know, that COVID has impacted your surgery date or delayed your surgery right. in some fashion. So, um, you know, you can use that time effectively maybe to physically get a little bit more ready for surgery. So uh, if you do have a, a shoulder surgery, a replacement impending, and, you know, you feel like you can work on some things ahead of time to even get in a better situation afterwards, um, definitely uh, advisable. And if you or anybody you know needs to know this information, this would be a great podcast to send their way. Yeah. Keep those, <laughs> keep those five-star ratings coming. We really appreciate that. That helps us grow. And again, uh, love the questions, love the listener feedback. If there's a surgery or diagnosis you'd like to learn more about, 
remember, you have direct access to Oxford Physical That's Therapy. Right. Let us know, and we'll be happy to do a piece on that. Awesome. Well, I think we got it. Yep. <laughs> have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms. And until next time, keep it moving.